0: The following audio is from Abner Creek Baptist Church. For more information, visit www.abnercreekbaptist.com. Again, thank you for being here. Today, we begin to to walk through the past few weeks we've been talking about uh, Paul told the Ephesians to put off the old self and to put on the new. In this this next section, where we'll be today, Ephesians chapter 4, if you can see your Bible, you can open it there. Feel free to turn your phone light on, whatever you need to do. But here, he begins to turn. And I could have taken his issues of, 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 of truthfulness, of anger, and all these things. I could just preach one sermon on this, but I think these are so key and, and of such issue that we probably should take all of these individually. These are all examples of how do we now put off the old and put on the new? How do we put off the old lying tongue and put on the new tongue that speaks truth? To the household of faith. So let me let me just ask you a couple of questions, or, or give you just set the context here, give you a little bit of opening illustrations. You know, in our culture, there are euphemisms. We use all these little terms for telling lies. We say things like we told a fib. Doesn't a fib sound harmless? I, mean, you just, is, I didn't lie. I just told a fib. Uh, or we say things like I told a story. Well, everybody loves a story, right? So who wouldn't want to tell the story? It's not like I was lying. survival technique is how they live. Uh, Students get by in school by cheating or plagiarizing and taking credit for someone else's work, right? And for those that are actually doing the work, this is a frustrating process to see others cheat and do well and maybe get a better grade than they have. But this is part of the culture in which they live. Uh, At work, perhaps, maybe you don't take tests anymore, but turning more hours, you actually work. Or while you're on the clock. Uh, you, you are not actually doing what your employer has paid you to do. I put this bug right here. That'll help me. Yes, thank you. Um, we get caught unprepared perhaps. Maybe there's been some responsibility that's been assigned to us it is, it is ours, it has been delegated to us by someone who's over us, and we just failed to do it, and then when we we're questioned about it, we began to throw someone else under the bus, it was someone else's fault, having had this on time, we could make excuses, and the reality is, it was our laziness that, 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 that was the, the culprit, but we can't be caught in that moment looking like we don't have it all the save face for ourselves. lies wise, the question of this message is, what message is actually communicating? In other words, what's the truth about our life? So if you will, follow along with me if you can see your Bible. Ephesians chapter Proverbs six sixteen through nineteen says that there are six things that God hates, seven things that are abomination to Him: haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among brothers. Proverbs twenty verse seventeen says, made by deceit." sweet to a man, but afterward his mouth will be full of gravel. The picture here in that proverb, the bread that you get when you lie can often be sweet. Picture in your mind a cinnabar or a hot now crispy cream. Tal's not out there. That's in America, still running. And you pick up this hot now crispy cream and you got it by lying. It's sweet at first. You you bite down on this thing, and you're eating tea, right? you don't even need teeth, right? Nobody needs teeth in the cream cream hot now, no right? You bite down on this thing, but what you discover if you perceive this thing through deceit is that once you bite down on it, there are rocks inside. Fried or baked, Boy, It's not bad. I'm sure it's not baked. There, there are rocks inside, right? Anybody bit down on something hard? You weren't expecting it? This is the picture view. This is what lying is like. In the beginning, it is sweet, but shortly thereafter, it's like having a mouthful of gravel. The gravel being regret and the believer. As soon as you do this, as soon as, as soon as the believer lies, the Spirit of God convicts the person, and there is this overwhelming. leading vapor and a snare of death. Revelation 21, verses 7 and 8, the one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake of fire, the lake that burns with fire and sulfur. The reality is, we don't have the prerogative to say, well, maybe God's empty on the issue of life.
1: Maybe, maybe
0: He's not that concerned with truthfulness, because all in the Bible He says over and over again, I hate it. I have a place for those who see who, who falsehoods, who live by like falsehoods, and it is a place that burns forever. We don't have the luxury to say, maybe God doesn't care. But when a believer, when a professing Christian, just foregoes that new wardrobe and goes back to the old wardrobe. And I always feel guilty because I come over here to say the old wardrobe. And I feel like you all are going to get complex. like You all are on the bad side. It's not intentional. Okay? Uh, but going to that old wardrobe and pulling out these old clothes. When you lie, you are saying, it's as if you go to the new wardrobe and you, you open the doors to, to the clothing, this new righteousness true righteousness and holiness rags that God has, has provided for you. probably shouldn't say rags. It's clothing that He's provided for you. It's as if you go to that, you open it up and you say, no. No, I don't want that. And you go right back over here to the old stuff and you say, yep, that's comfortable. And will, I'll put that on. When a Christian, or a professing Christian lies they're saying that God's image isn't worth emulating. <laughs> one of i will prove this to you. One of the distinguishing features of the new clothing that we have from God is that it has been stitched with truth. Something stitched with falsehood or lies. It's been stitched with truth. We learn this from verse twenty-four. Verse twenty-four says, "Put on the new clothes created after the likeness of God in true righteousness." and Verse 21, the truth is in Jesus, which is what led us to begin with the gospel in the first place. Numbers 23 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie. Psalm 119 160, the sum of your word, of God, is truth. Meaning, when you take all that God has said, all of his word, and you add it all up, there's not a false There is no one higher than him. There is no source of greater authority than himself. He is no one more trustworthy or true than him, so he swears by himself. According to Isaiah 65, verse 16, God is not just truthful, but he is the God of truth. So, Pastor Why, we sit here in darkness. about the truth and God being truthful. Well, the reality is because you and I need to, to take seriously truth. When a Christian professing believer lies, it says God's image isn't worth emulating. So then, if that's the case, Pastor, then where does that come from? Why are Christians, true believers, why they lie? Of, of the devil's deceitfulness. Let me, let me just prove this to you. The, the, the devil comes in and he, he seeks to deceive us in pretty clever ways. He comes through our desires. Verse 22 says there that he comes through deceitful desires. And when I preached that section, I spent a lot of time talking about the old self and the old residual nature. What I left out there is that not only is this old tendency still residual and it lingers and likes to hang around, but that the devil actually is very active in wanting to tempt us to lie, live lives of, of falsehood. death, whatever. Bring it, Jesus, because I'm with you. And in that moment, he truly believed that no matter what happened, there was no way that he would ever deny Jesus. <coughs> Luke 22, verses 54 through 62, is the place where we find that Peter does in fact deny Jesus three times. It's always it's one of the saddest passages in all the Bible where Peter, this man, is confident follow Jesus, I, I'll take on anything for you, and just repeatedly, by, by just, I mean, just weak people in the crowd, people that have no influence over him, but he's just, he's just afraid in the middle of the crowd, and he, he denies Jesus three separate times. And what is the denial of Jesus except lie? Peter certainly knew Jesus. He certainly walked with him. He certainly was one of the disciples. But Peter said things over and over again like, not true. I don't know the man. And he lies about it. he lies because he was afraid. The reality is that before Peter was in this fearful situation, he genuinely believed that there was no way that he would ever deny Jesus. But in the middle of it, his strength went down. Why? Because what you and I don't see, what is not recorded for us, the whispering of Satan in the ear of Peter. When Jesus told Peter, Satan has demanded to sift you like wheat. It's not this just ethereal thing where he's over here and and he never really even followed up with Peter, but instead there's this intense encounter. Satan doesn't come to Peter in, in the form of this guy in a red suit with a pitchfork and pointy tail. Instead, he comes around this fire in the courtyard through the servant girl and people of the crowd. And he whispers into the ears of, of Peter and he says things like, you know they're going to be the same thing. But you know that all he's talked about was ushering in the kingdom of God. And he's about to die here. It was all alive here. Don't die for a lie here. And this is what Satan, I believe, is whispering to Peter in this moment. And in this moment, Satan <clears throat> is, is effective, and Peter chooses in that moment to say, I don't trust God. I'm going to lie the way out. I would argue to you, church, this morning that Satan whispers to us as well. Satan comes in these moments where we're up against something, it looks like it's going to be bad for us, and Satan will whisper things to us like no. You stand true, truth, you tell the truth, you're going to lose your reputation. People are going to think less of you, you're going to lose your popularity. The esteem of people will go away from you stand for the truth or he whispers things like you know if you stand for truth right now you're going to lose your security your safety will be gone and Satan whispers lies we must realize that in the moment when we are confronted with a temptation to lie that there is a whispering of the devil behind it and anytime he is whispering mark it down, he is lying we must realize that it's not true that to have the approval of men is better than having the approval of God we must realize that having safety and security of our American way is not better than a risk to greatly for God I was reminded we're sitting here we're getting ready to start this service and powers flickering on and on and then I looked around the room and I saw these emergency lights I couldn't help but think to myself, there are people worshiping in dark rooms and under trees and faraway places, and we have more light in this room right now than they will ever have as they gather to sing the precious glory of God. Don't ever buy the lie that says, if you want to be safe and secure, you must forfeit the truth. You must compromise. You must not believe that. second way Satan comes and and deceives us is not through, but only through fear, but through greed. To gain an advantage. Acts chapter 5 is a good example of this. Acts chapter 5 is where Ananias and Sapphira, they they see what's going on in the church. The Spirit of God moves and and people in the church, these new believers begin to sell property and sell things that belong to them and bring all of the money that they and lay at the apostles' feet so that if anybody's in need within the family of God, then they distribute to one another. And Ananias and Sapphira there, they have a piece of property and they say, we want to get out of this as well. So they sell a piece of property. But along the way, Satan comes and begins to whisper to them, no. You don't want to that why should you give what you worked hard for to people that probably have- genuinely motivated by an authentic work of God in the people of God. they saw this and they thought this is wonderful. We have this piece of property and they're motivated and in that moment they have no idea, no means that you are not a believer. But what I want to be definitive about is that if you live your life by a pattern of habitual lying and your life and your words are filled with falsehood repeatedly, it points to the fact that God is not your father. He may act fatherly to you and that he may give you a, a sunrise to this. He may allow you to You may fill your comforts with food, but he is not your father if you live your life in a pattern of falsehood. Let me prove it to you. John 8, 44. Jesus speaking to those religious leaders of the day. You are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth. Because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character. For he is a liar and the father lies. For a person who professes to be a Christ follower. But then lives their life in a contrary manner. Where they are perpetually, habitually lying with their lives and with their words. I can draw no other conclusion that your profession (laughs) Is not real because you are, you are looking just like your true father in the way that you live. I don't say that with, with a smile on my face, with joy, because I know in every church I will ever pastor, there will be people that will be the membership roles, who will attend faithfully, who sit condemned because they have never truly placed their faith in the end of Christ. That keeps me up at night. There's not a lot that keeps me up at night, but that does. I want to shepherd in such a way
1: that all those who God who
0: put into the fold will truly be His sheep. And so I implore you today: take stock of your life. Directly comes from our verse that God's people are expendable and exploitable. Verse 25 says, speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of a number of another. What he's saying here is that lying hurts the body. (coughs) People get wounded, and trust breaks down, and the the entire body is hurt. In fact, sometimes the, the entire mission of a church can be halted because. sister hurts us this up for you real quick. Summary of what I have just said to you is that when a professing believer lies, five things are are communicated: God's commands don't matter. His image isn't worth emulating. His fatherhood maybe doesn't apply to you. That that, that God's people are expendable and exploitable and His glory is unimportant. If I left, left here today, maybe there might be conviction there, maybe, maybe not. Let me give you a flip side of this. When God's people, when professing believers, speak the truth and live in truth, five things are also communicated. I'm not, I'm not going through them like yes. I just did, I just want to state the point When we live lives of truth and speak words of truth, it says to the watching world, God is the Lord of my life. He calls the shots. His commands matter because he's my goal.
1: It also says
0: that God's image is my goal because his ways are always better. Regardless of what I might avoid or what I might gain, if doing it by ways that God has not ha- has not given to me, then they are not better. God's way is always been. And it has caused division and has hurt multiple people, then by all means go and confess in a public way. Let the scope of the offense determine the scope of your confession. I would tell you that if you confess, it may not be easy. Even on things that happened a long time ago, there may be hard consequences. Chances are those consequences are what has held you off. For so long, I'm not going to stand up here and tell you that it will be easy. The devil will whisper. You will hear this message from me, and you will hear the whisperings of the evil one, the liar, the father of lies, and he will try his best to talk you out of confessing. But I will promise you this that whatever the lie provides is not better. That you will experience by living a truthful life and confessing that and having peace of the forgiveness of not only God but also the one who you have failed. There's no guarantee that person will say, I forgive you. But you will have done what you were commanded by God to do. The second thing I would urge you to do So right now, if you live a life where lies just come easy for you, to confess that before God and to repent, to trust that God will help you, that no matter how hard, God will walk with you through it, it will, for some of us. that righteousness of Christ is imputed to you does not give you a pass to now live however you want. He <coughs> calls us to obey. So I would implore you today to confess and to repent. And let's be a faith that walks together in the truth. Amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, this will be a little different today. I'm going to pray in this minute it's going to be a little different because I don't you have been. Nothing but truth. The sum of your word is truth. There's no one higher that you might swear by